babes can like children be manipulated into having an altered gender get work who are growing so i think just for the sake of also the growing people to get a chance the people who already have give your charges yeah people will come up to you i brands have money if they say they don't have money buy go to someone else yeah you know if you want to work with me you want the quality that we can provide you you have to pay can can a person say that biologically there are only two genders no before this video starts, I just want to let you guys know that Honey Singh is performing first time in Nepal this 8th of April alongside Vic, Dong and Yabish. Use my code SAHAR10 to get 10% cash back from Iseva. So what is up everybody? Today we have Parakram. He's an uh, influencer who posts um, online videos on uh, YouTube, TikTok. Uh, do I, did I miss something in your introduction? Wait, did you say YouTube, TikTok? TikTok, yeah. Instagram? Instagram. Twitter? Twitter. Facebook. All right. Everything. Yeah. So like, uh, you just came out. Uh, you just came from India. How was your trip? I was like, you just came out. <laughs> no, it's been eight. It's been ten years since I've come out. But <laughs> uh, I mean, out. <laughs> yeah, you went back for a trip. No, I think. this is India. Um, I came back um, on the fifteenth. I'd gone. It, it was this trip of mine was like my final uh, goodbye to Bombay because Sapemira Samanaru, which was there for ten mm -hmm. years that I was living there for. I had to bring all of them back here. So we were finally going there to the, go down and having everything shipped. So now finally everything is, we have nothing in Bombay. So you're finally shifted to Nepal. Finally, officially. Officially. Yeah. yeah. And did you go for a specific show or was it like just so, to shift? So it was mainly to shift, but it so happened that the day I was leaving for Kathmandu, Tedrin <clears throat> Fashion Week was starting. So, I mean, there were brands and everyone who was like, why don't you be a part of it and, you know, attend it and go. I said, I think I should. I'll make it about work also. So, so I just ended up attending, which was good fun. I think like you have a similar relationship with Bombay where like for, for, for me, uh, I also like glamorized the US like mm. you did to Bombay, yeah, right? Like yeah. most teenager right now, like do fantasize about like going to like some other place and then living their dream. So mm -hmm. you actually lived it, right? So how was your experience like actually living uh, in Bombay and actually working with the stars that you wished? I think it was a dream come true. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy that I also did it at an early age, mm -hmm. right after my school, I went to college. And so I could do all of the things that like all my fantasies of partying with Bollywood stars or being friends with them or working with them. All of that came true in many ways. Um, you can never have enough, but I think now I'm at an age where I'm happy not needing to know everyone. Um, it was it was it was a roller coaster ride, and I think all my dreams of fashion, styling. I wanted to be a film director. Then my uh, content creation influencer that people say. Uh, all of that happened in Bombay, and then is when I came to Nepal. So like your your relationship with fashion, right? I think if you see Parakram, he's already always dressed up, right? Thanks. I think that's how I see it, right? So like, <laughs> what when did your love for fashion come into place? So I think uh, I love. Uh, being fashionable but i'm also very i can be very jallu at times i don't mm -hmm. know is that a word in nepal in hindi yeah. jallu means like they say like um you will see me every like in summers it's always a t-shirt with a different color and jeans pants that's what or joggers but uh, i save all the good clothes for when they're events and things like that there are some people who can dress up every day 
and i can't do that that's too much of pressure to even like buy so many clothes and i'd rather save that money to have fun uh um but thanks for complimenting me um what was the question like <laughs> how did your when did your uh, relationship with fashion like align oh, in your life i think growing up my mother was very fashionable uh-huh. and uh, i mean was interested in dressing up and she dressed me and my sister up also growing up and i think it stuck on to me up until i was about 9 10 i didn't care much but i think when i started growing a little and i traveled abroad uh then is when i was like cool they're like cool stuff and that's when my love for fashion just came during puberty and then after that it's never gone i think it's uh, so like you being a stylist could you like more explain what this yeah. role is like yeah, in the industry now ex-stylist <laughs> Yeah, I've been. I mean, I'm not going to style anyone in Nepal because I think um, there are already so many good people. Uh-huh. And for me to have starting styling here, I had to start. I have to understand everything, the market, and styling was very tough for me. It was a lot of hard work, and it was a lot of labor, as I would see it. And uh, I did it. It was. I, it was fun while it lasted and when this content creation came i said dude i'm going to just style myself yeah i don't need to style anybody else um but what was the question i always miss the point my my question was like what what's like the role of a stylist for for a lot of people they might not know the definition mm, of stylist mm. what they do i think a stylist is very important because uh <clears throat> back in the day, days it was called costume but now it's stylist and stylists don't not only like Uh, make costumes for films it's for events <clears throat> and to enhance a a brand a personalities fashion sense everyone can't be fashionable and mm-hmm. even if actors and people are fashionable <coughs> it's very difficult to what arrange clothes themselves and that's when you have to choose the right stylist who has the right vibe who can dress you up well who can change the whole just game. dress you up or actually make your dress dress you up uh-huh. so the stylist that's the designer the stylist is the middleman between the actor and the designer uh-huh. the stylist gets clothes from the designer or the designer's pr people mm-hmm. or shops and take permission to borrow clothes and we have a bunch of options of clothes that we've taken from all different people and the actor wears one which they like so growing up what 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 major did you take so i wanted to be a filmmaker and i wanted to do filmmaking course but mm-hmm. my dad said no do advertising uh, and then after that do a do a more generic like a, a course where you can see different aspects inside advertising only and then you make your decision to master in uh, a filmmaking course i'm glad i did that because i think i worked for a film in bombay while i was in college only and that one month two months of working i was like whoa i'm not doing i'm i don't want to be a film director this is too much this is too much pressure to be a film director so i did advertising and i stuck on to that i think that's helped me in everything i do even because it also teaches you marketing journalism so it helped me with my styling it helped me with my brand as a as a content creator so like uh, talking a bit more about fashion like where do you see nepal's uh fashion let's say standards in compared to other world the world so, uh, if you c- compare it to the world in the, in terms of the industry there's no industry it's mm-hmm. all very few f- brands you know and that also i mean they're still growing and there's still there a lot of hurdles on their way uh because also the country is in such a state it's a poor country economy is bad everything nothing is going right so there isn't any reason for fashion brands to come and invest in nepal also 
so in that terms we are nowhere but if, if you see the dressing sense and all i think we nepali people dress really well as compared to india and i'm not ge- generalizing because india has northeast south uh, north west but as a whole um nepali people dress up really well with yeah. whatever little resources we have and um, we are fashionable people by nature i think uh, fashion is just not the fast fast fashion i think it's also like the culture thing we have right torasura mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. we have uh, other gunyurcholo as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. it's kind of like i think that is also one of the rich thing that we have for sure i think that culturally rich is south asian masapi country has that yeah so we aren't different from any other countries but also like being cool and fashionable in terms of the global fashion trends nepal is very up and ahead i mean yeah so like uh, like you 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 told in your other interviews and podcast that you got to work with celebs hand to hand right mm-hmm. so like how was that experience could you explain a as bit a more as a stylist yeah um um as an ad i'll tell you first when i was working as an assistant director uh for zanjeer uh Uh, I was a big fan of Priyanka Chopra and she was in it so and she already <clears> knew I was a big fan so that was really fun it was very interesting to see how actors have to look fresh and good on and set when everything else is so uncomfortable even the mm-hmm. set and all that was interesting <laughs> styling mom with actors everyone was very sweet i was an assistant stylist for 80% of my career um, i was an as only the last last 6 months i became a stylist and then i quit uh but actors have were really sweet to me as an assistant director they were never rude to me i've never had any issues where they were mean or rude um, well, what about other stylists so, oh uh, yeah i mean there was this one big stylist <clears throat> who i worked with and it was a horrible experience and i do understand where they come from because it's a very tough job you need to be very good at management you need to make sure all the clothes are taken on time all the right clothes the right measurements from the designers and prs kept together shown to the actor the one which is selected is altered needs to be unaltered again and sent back and all of this has to be done in like a in a frame time frame which you need to return it back and so it's very hectic so i have had some stylists who have been a pain pain uh, as in like are, were they rude like rude obnoxious made me cry and like where i'm not even been able to like be there for like 20 days and i've left even mm-hmm. though i was like this is a big stylist if i work with them if I ask, i'm under them it'll be great for my job but oh it has been tough and um, but it's okay this time in bombay i met her and i think so like, <clears throat> i think uh, what you meant is like it's very it was very overwhelming right yeah. like how did you deal with that in that situation i would just fight it i would be like i'm going to work because even even with good <clears throat> stylists being an assistant stylist you have to do all the running around you have mm-hmm. to be there go to every store contact all the pr people take approvals click pictures for the stylist to approve and then bring those clothes all of that do that tailor oh it was really tough but like i mean you know you have to hustle and in bombay it's all about if you need to survive you need to get the job done So like what what are the main differences that uh, Bombay and Nepal has in your opinion um personally or in general or my my opinion yeah i both. think i mean they both are similar because they both are a big city where a lot of people come to work um people from outside the city uh but bombay is very fast paced and uh, very cutthroat which i'm sure Kathmandu also is i may not have faced that because 
oh, my career started in the right time and during covid and tiktok and everything worked out f- quite quickly for me but uh, bombay is very cutthroat and a competitive and tough life and everything so far away um kathmandu is more a uh, chill and it depends how you can like you know some people uh, may not suit them they may end up being lazier here when bombay you cannot be lazy you have to be doing something you can't be like i won't work you need to sustain that way but kathmandu i personally i feel like it's more chill but uh, i think i have done enough of bombay to now come back i could have stayed on but kathmandu is uh, the quality of life is better maybe not it's also because from where we come from it's always like we have stuff here right mm. we don't have to be fast paced even though if we are True. overwhelmed we can just like leave the job and maybe do something else yeah. we'll still be we secured. don't have to pay our rent yeah, and yeah, everything yeah. else because we also have a family who's doing all of that yeah yeah for sure for sure um yeah people who come from out i'm short sure stuff for them yeah so you also talked about like uh i think this you made a tiktok video about it where like people are calling out because you didn't talk about the nepali industry just you just talk about i think yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that is so like lame because i this is a promotion for a uh, honey singh coming to nepal and yeah, i did yeah. that promotion and people just get triggered when anything hindi india anything nepali people can get really triggered yeah. and they're like why do you not promote nepali artists or singers or music i'm like dude in tiktok uh, i don't do i don't dance on hindi songs all my songs are nepali i love it and like where is this and i do promote i mean who am i to promote the singers they're already so famous but yeah. i definitely uh, it's part oh. of your job yeah it's part of my job and it's not that i force myself to do it because uh, by the end of it everything comes to a person naturally yeah right like i love hindi songs and great but i don't like dancing to hindi songs because i don't feel comfortable doing it but and i think nepali people want to see nepali music and nepali music is amazing so i do it if if i didn't like nepali music i wouldn't have promoted it i think they just see the surface level and that's yeah. yeah there are a lot of frustrated people on tiktok and also like uh, uh, sometimes when the video is a different genre from what i usually do different people see it also on tiktok mm-hmm. and they're not necessarily people who like me so they will have opinions yeah and i think twitter is more harsh than other social medias <laughs> as well twitter is the most harsh dude it's like uh, do you want to say anything about yeah, twitter yeah i think twitter uh, the thing is twitter is about making opinions and then also the people get so butt hurt when you make these opinions and the thing is i feel like i'm a very easy target on twitter because there are very few people from the industry who are on twitter and uh, because they know they'll get trolled or some opinion will come you know because they'll find one thing that is wrong or they feel is wrong in a word and they'll just target you and make it all about that i'm not going to back off i don't uh, lose that easily if i i take it as a challenge that you know if you want to speak speak i don't give a shit um so I mean I want to make an opinion I come on Twitter people make it about something else you know like the certain plane crash tweet that I did I, I was disturbed and you know if people follow my Twitter long they know that I'm scared of flights and this whole thing was so close to the heart, close to all of us everyone took it very personally because yeah. it was uh, every day I mean people go to Pokhara it's considered safe a 77 seater weather was clear so everyone got affected by that crash more than any other you know so i i speak about it people try to say you are insensitive you're making it about you i'm like dude in twitter i'm going to make it about me now i'm not going to be talking about 
other people you know, it's just weird and I, I, I think yeah you're certain hundred person certain about your opinions not like yeah. others right yeah and, uh, if you if you speak about others they might be misleading information yeah. so i think it's about your opinion yeah. rather than others yeah better. you know and yeah. I, i spoke about how tragic this accident is and i ended up saying <clears throat> i don't think i will fly again in the near future and people are like oh you're making this about you I'm like goodness where am I making this about me I will speak about what I feel about it also no I mean parak if I, me as a person is speaking on twitter it's my opinions so uh, it's a little I I all I mean I also still clear but I won't fully give up I will speak when I have to but I like to this negativity can go to hell yeah so let's talk about <clears throat> before your like kind of fame or hmm. social media when did you start like social media I started in Bombay uh, when I got paid for an event and I was like this is fun to attend an event and post and this was in 2017. Mhm. Mm-hmm. That's when I started and yeah I mean I'd set up an did industry. You, did you start from like Instagram or Instagram? I started from Instagram. I started from Instagram. I'd set up a full base in Bombay and I was never meant to come back. Uh so like did it take off in Bombay or was it in the lockdown? Uh, so it so in bombay when you are an influencer a content creator there's a niche uh there's a niche because you're also doing instagram and fashion content so there's a niche of people who will follow you so in that niche of people i was doing well it was rising i was getting good work good brands were coming up to me because they believed in me and things were going amazing there but when i uh, came to nepal things then took a different turn because tiktok is when i i joined tiktok in nepal and then it just blew up in a different way so i was like so were you posting daily where in tiktok in the lockdown yeah lockdown i was because we also didn't have much to do yeah and it was so exciting so w- what genre did you start off with in tiktok i started off with following i think i started off with a few skin skin um, skin hacks or like the homemade skin things my mom uses mm. i started posting that and which did well and then i followed some trends which also did well and uh, and the thing is i included family members it wasn't only about me so people were more interested mm-hmm. like this is someone new today that and people people have i think always been curious um so yeah and then it turned into family content and dance yeah. and just hopping around so, so like even in like meeting influencers or your your um journey in bombay right mm. i think what you have done is networking right networking yeah. with a lot of people so some people some people might look up to that and like try to do something that you are trying to do right mm-hmm. so what are some kind of advice that you would like to give them like how do you network for the people who don't know what mm. to do i think uh, we all are in a process of climbing the social ladder uh you i think you need to be smart you need to meet the right people at the right time be at the right events or you have to work hard and have make friends from the industry who could help you out mm-hmm. go to the right places and create an impression mm-hmm. you know Oh uh, by the end of it there's so many people trying to create an impression how do you stand out what is your USP and have faith in it yeah. don't because in the beginning it's scary when you're networking who am i why am i why would they pay attention to yeah, me yeah exactly you need to you need to have faith in yourself and know your good points what could be of value to those people and just go and be chill and have a blast like if i need two three drinks to be more comfortable in an event i will do it and network find your way uh, have you have you had people help you to like network i mean bombay was all about networking i knew no one there um oh. none of my family anyone is uh, 
from bombay or are connected to the industry there mm-hmm. so i started from scratch and i networked my way to an extent where people were like even in bombay they were like parakram how many friends you have made in these 3 4 years of being in bombay we've not made living here you know so i think you also have the knack of it and uh, i mean i always knew that uh, i wanted to meet the right people and and they were of interest so it came to me naturally i would like to say that was just something that i have a quality of mind but also you need to be at the right place at the right time it's luck sometimes you go to an event and you meet someone you're like wow it happened i think just have faith in yourself and give it a shot i think you are one of the people who have strategically used social media to get like what you want right because mm. uh when i when i saw you like you were making tiktok videos mm. in in lockdown right but like now you work with daraj right mm. i think you also got verified which i want to talk about mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. but like i think you have like you know please that talk 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 eh? like mm. because a lot of people they do it for fun but mm. might get followers but they don't get the brand deals right yeah. so i think it was a purposeful step towards each yeah uh you know outcome for sure because i i came to nepal already as a content creator yeah. so i knew how it works and i came here like if i do tiktok and go viral i wanted to be for work and not just for fun it would reap into like work so i think um, and people saw my social media where i do promotions and they came up to me usually tiktokers would just do it for fun and then it works out and they're like okay we'll do these collabs ha itti paisa much also something for me it's a job it's a profession yeah. you know it's uh, it's it's my bread and butter so i do it strategically that's the only smart way to do it if you yeah, want to make I, money i think until and unless you tell yourself this this is my bread and butter i don't think people will take it seriously yeah. and you won't get the brand deals that you want yeah yeah because people are like oh uh, you know why did you collaborate <laughs> with this brand um it is maybe it has a lot of sugar or maybe it's not too healthy the thing is like if i start picking and choosing like ethical stuff there are no brands no one is ethical yeah in this especially in, in nepal especially in nepal in india you have options in nepal there are some conscious brands but they don't have the money to give me to pay so it doesn't work that way obviously don't promote something that you don't believe, don't in. believe in but uh, you know one needs to just take it easy and like don't target us like oh my god you promoted an alcohol brand or you promoted a fizzy drink or you promoted this i'm like dude i drink it so i'll promote it and i you know i mean Everyone, it's your lifestyle it's your yeah. lifestyle and people should be sensible enough to know what's right if it's healthy or not i'm not saying it's a healthy thing i'm just promoting it and earning my money it's like whenever whenever the famous people promote it it's it's normal right let's mm. say a budweiser uh event or like yeah something mm. like that but when we or some kind of influencer yeah. they promote it they have the all influencers hate. are the easy targets because yeah. people i don't know what it is i do people think that these people have gotten popular or getting money doing nothing no it's not really that way it's a new concept that people are still getting a hang of i think they'll get used to it when actors and all it's a little maf bio because okay they're actors i don't understand the thing influencers really are the easy targets but but i'll say a lot of people don't promote like the gambling websites that are yeah it's promoting. illegal only yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's 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 stupid yeah, that, that is that is off the line right that is off the line but people For still sure. don't see it yeah. in certain ways okay huh yeah. no no there are a lot of unethical ways also that people promote things and the thing is the main issue why people get so butthurt is the term influencer such a wrong term like i still yeah. use it because everyone uses it but yeah 
who are we to be influencers the influencers yeah. are the politicians the big big actors who can make such big we are not influencers why have you given us this godly uh, title yeah like yeah. influencers that's why these people hate us because they first put that term on us and you know influencers were digital content creators uh, instagramers or tiktokers you can say that but not influencers we everyone has the power to influence no it's not like we are the main soul people for that then you need to be a professional influencer you can't just go out and numbers and followers doesn't make you so i want to talk about like uh, every 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 person like has a kind of like a dream to be verified if if you're a bit conscious on yeah, social media too. yeah so like what was your experience when you got verified so uh it was i i it was always it was always a dream it was like something i need to get because it's my job yeah so when in when i was active on instagram i think i got it in 2019 this is what one year before the one year before covid in india only and i worked towards it there's a process you need to you need to have links you need to have you need to be googleable uh-huh. okay you uh-huh. need to have a lot of links uh-huh. uh, for you to be considered to verify you know yeah, yeah. like you are someone and i worked towards it two years i did my pr i met the right people who could take my you know who could cover my work and just put it on websites and when that happened and that's how i earned my verification uh, with tiktok i got very lucky because the tiktok indian team wanted me to join tiktok and i said hey i'm already on tiktok now that you want me to join tiktok why don't you verify me uh-huh. <laughs> and they're like oh okay yeah of course like, we'll do that so that's how it worked out i think a lot of people just want it but they don't know why like verification is a thing because they give it to you because you are someone like until yeah. and unless you don't have a presence or until mm. and unless you don't have it like you don't earn it i don't think people will just give you i don't think instagram yeah. will just give it out right yeah for sure instagram i think then lately there have been a racket where people buy but that's yeah. scary because once instagram if instagram if finds, finds out, out you're banned you're banned yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's scary you don't mess around with like your work yeah and then, like so i want to talk about your mm, growing up stage like with your parents right i think <laughs> you have a really good relationship with your parents and they have like you know supported you in a lot of ways <laughs> right <laughs> so i kind of wanted to ask this question right what do you think your like what parenting trade are grateful that your parents used right they, so like you would want to pass down in the future yeah i think um, they let me be they weren't too harsh they weren't too strict they weren't to do this do this do this do this i had to just make sure i do well in my exams not you don't have to get 90s or 80s if you get 60s 70s is fine don't or you can be average also don't fail but do fine but enjoy chill no pressure i feel the pressure that kids can get to do this do this do this is a little hectic on the kid it can traumatize them mm-hmm. so when i have children i will let them make their decision because i think even as kids you do uh, you do have a mind of your own you know mm-hmm. you are an adult when you're 18 to make certain law these are that is by law but i think i knew many things uh, about myself which is correct even now when i was 8 7 6 years old when my my personality had already formed mm-hmm. so i think let the children make a decision you know yeah i i also wanted to like ask like since uh, your parents parents were so supportive in your lgbtqi journey right mm-hmm. like since nepali nepali parents there there i still i still don't think they're accepting towards a lot of uh, new you know uh, lgbt people right 
and then what are some messages that you would want them to know the people watching yeah the parents, parents especially like who who kind of disregard their kid or like this yeah. they hate on their kids just because they're different yeah i think uh, nowadays parents are also becoming woke in the sense that they are seeing other people there's so many parents grandparents when i go to weddings and functions i see not relatives but like relatives ko relatives and all they come up to me and say how cool it is and amazing and i feel really good that you know people from that generation is being accepting towards me but at the same time i wonder would they accept their own kid they would be you know they may say till it's not our own it's fine and that's what happens with most of the people in our part of the world it shouldn't be our kids it's fine if your friends or someone else at this that is but if it's my kid it shouldn't i think uh, acceptance is very important uh, for you to be uh, acceptance by the parents is very important for the child to really be uh themselves and be the best versions of themselves you can't stop a child from being gay bisexual transgender lesbian you know you, it is something you that cannot be controlled or changed you know um so there's no point changing it and i think in today's world uh things are moving so rapidly all around the world and i think those parents should be an example for other parents yeah and be the change you know change this whole uh, cycle of wanting to fit into the heteronormative standards of the world i i think like some kind of narrative also comes from being very socially paranoid right because mm. like they don't really care about their children being th- this or that but they care more about how the society will take them For right sure. mm. yeah that that i think is more of the situation than any uh, if i if i had a kid right i won't deny like his existence right yeah. but it's more of the social pressure that gets, yeah. comes in right yeah which is so sad no because it's like your own family's fine with it but like other members aren't okay with it which is also in my case yeah, where yeah. they were like everyone gossiping about gossiping about it in ktm when i came out in 2012 which was like back then it was a big thing also to come out you know uh everyone talking about it having an opinion but i was just lucky to have my parents like my parents and my Standing close family who would stand up and say i'm very proud of him and he's doing great and just he'll do better than your children you know uh-huh. and what can they say they kept shut and i think um doing good or not at least my work field of focus such where you see all the highlights of my work and it's so like bright and great and the love i'm getting and everything i think it's an example i've to i've set to my whole extended family that see i mean i think i'm doing good i'm doing great and being gay has nothing yeah. to do with doing good or bad so i i i kind of want to dig in more about uh, lgbtqi mm. community as well as gender sex right what i would suggest people is like be open to conversations right because mm. a lot of people still are scared to ask yeah. and a lot of people are still scared to tell okay yeah so if you don't have the conversation Hello. it will never be normalized since a lot of people talk about this can like children be manipulated into having an altered gender altered gender or sexuality both uh, both basically. yeah children of what i have uh, noticed the only way children have been manipulated into a different sexuality Uh, orientation yeah, yeah. Uh, is when they have been molested uh-huh. uh, a boy being molested by their uncle or their father or someone as a kid it plays up in their head and they could turn uh, they could start having feelings for men because of that uh-huh. as well as women so uh-huh. that i've seen but otherwise 
you cannot alter someone's mind by if you sh- if he's if a, i'm just giving he for now if a boy because me if i uh, i there were so many women around in my life beautiful women i saw or oh, i saw i mean i may i may have seen porn where there were there's a girl and a guy you couldn't alter me to change and just look at the woman when you know i was seeing the guy so i think children cannot be altered it is something that you are born with it's a certain uh, quality that you are born with and you will be that way and it will not change you know if it comes to when it comes to bisexuality then there are different spectrums you may have phases where you like men more women more things like that that i'm i'm no one to speak with i'm not but um if you are gay you will be gay and i from the age of 4 or 5 i remember having a crush on my male teachers you know my male teachers in school and it never changed there was not a, never a time where i was thinking i was seeing a lady nude and feeling good about it you know and mm-hmm. imagining seeing a lady nude and imagining about mm-hmm. it but i was seeing a man nude and Im- like feeling yeah, it's 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 just it's 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 just who you are and mm-hmm. it's as your personality is formed you are you know as people see some personality in the child it's already instilled in you in the western world there's a narrative that like um people ask like people are still skeptical about letting children uh change their gender uh before the age of 18 hmm. right hmm. so what what is your opinion on that so changing your gender so this is for gender before yeah, uh, yeah age it, of 18 i think uh, in today's time kids know very early what they want mm-hmm. and that is amazing that at such an early age you already know i know of some people who are already a different who already identify as a different gender the opposite gender what you know and i've seen them grow and with their parents support they've become the best version of themselves they haven't had to deal with sticking till 18 to be a gender you don't identify with you know if i was a if i was a trans woman if i'm a woman if i was a trans woman and i had to wait till 18 to turn into a woman physically i would have been scarred by then it's too late there are some people who realize it later in life and that's fine but if you realize it early you're blessed i mean and with today's education and with children having the resources to know what what it is to be transgender they can make a decision for themselves no one will want to go and just force themselves or get manipulate themselves to be a different gender when it is difficult to be transgender in today's world still so i think if a child at an early age has understood that they are not comfortable in that gender great start working on changing it be your best be who you are who you want to be as w- soon as possible what about changing uh, things in your body before the age of 18 oh like uh, physically yeah. like uh, an yeah. operation yeah i don't know how that works scientifically if um, sometimes they say maybe it not be safe i don't know if it is safe to till your organs are fully uh, grown so not necessarily 18 if your organs and all are fully uh, fully what's it called like grown by th- they'll be like 14 15 16 16 years then maybe i guess i don't know if you are allowed to that is the doctors i don't know about the safety way but i've seen i've seen i've seen trans men who at 13 only have realized that they are trans and uh, and uh, he he's like wrapped cloth tightly around the breasts before it could even grow so now he doesn't have breasts at all naturally because he knew it you know so there are things you can do at an early age about when i researched about this narrative this narrative came from this perspective where till 18 like cuz all the big changes 
comes after 18 till the age of 18 your brain is i think pretty much developed to a point where you can make rational decisions mm. like drinking smoking um like driving right yeah. so like after that only you're able to change your gender because a lot of people might uh, still be not sure right yeah. like what if they change their body and they realize that it's not because yeah i think then it was their decision i think they felt like they wanted to change it then and now they want to change it back i feel like people give a lot of atten- lot of oh changing your gender no biggie if you like if you feel like you don't believe in it change it and it's great if you can be able to change it <laughs> you know because you're growing and you're also forming your personality and if your personality you're born a male and you don't identify as a male <laughs> you cannot wait till 18 it's too late if you if you felt that when you are 8 9 i mean you don't have to fully get into a surgery but your parents need to be accepting and you know you see so many girls dress up like boys forever growing up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so many boys dressing like girls growing up and yeah. that is their form of being transgender like being, uh-huh. you know you know being able to identify that's how they identify themselves as being transgender so to change to go under the operation that i don't know what age is safe to do it but if 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 the doctor say it's not safe to do it before 18 then obviously safety is first but apart from that i think uh, it's great i mean i would have known i'm gay when i'm when i was 5 or 6 if i had all these resources and it would have made me less confused in the head for 10 years that i didn't know i was gay so it's it's great to see people understand who they are their gender if they that you know transgender people to realize because the people who realize it at 60 um and they you know they feel like they may have missed out in life i think you were very uh, i think you said in your podcast that you encourage people to speak out quickly right when when like like don't suppress you what you are right i think you you told that right except even if, even if it's privately uh-huh. accept it don't don't suppress it yeah don't I suppress think. your thoughts yeah, yeah. i i think so i think i could relate that with yeah, caitlin yeah, jenner yeah, right yeah, where yeah. she su- suppressed her um gender right but i think that affected like she came out a bit later yeah which i think affected her family right yeah so that like people around you might not mm. get affected was, yeah. was that your narrative as well yeah yeah so i feel like uh even if you don't want to tell anyone by yourself mm-hmm. don't have hate towards it yeah and it may be difficult to do that for a lot of people because you are grown up told it's is bad this is bad these are the slurs being gay this that was used as like slurs to make people feel bad so you could have a lot of self guilt and hate but i keep telling people that there's nothing wrong and just try to accept it within yourself if you don't want to ever tell anyone ever that you are gay or you are anything accept it within yourself so that you are at least at peace and don't yeah. so don't that. don't hate yourself don't hate yourself and and even if you really feel guilty about it at least accept yourself and say this is me don't don't block it out yeah because everything else will come after you remove that blockage a lot of people in the i think it was around lockdown period right the the new concept of they them came around Hmm. right people identifying themselves as they yeah, not not uh, lockdown but i think people got to know about it yeah pe- people oh, yeah. personally for mm-hmm. me oh, i yeah, got huh. i got to know it around the lockdown period mm-hmm. right but for me it was uh, it was kind of like i i was not aware of it so it was shocking for me first ma because yeah. what i have learned in school was mm-hmm. they them is normally referred yeah. mm-hmm. to a lot of huge like a crowd they mm. them right mm-hmm. and some a single person using it it was kind of different but i 
got around and i knew oh shit this was because they don't want to be associated with the stereotypes of she or he right yeah. so what's your opinion about this yeah so i think you know with people being able to be themselves in mm-hmm. the world in the west and everywhere and being able to have opinions about yourself and understand what they truly feel and with people not prosecuting them putting them to jail mm-hmm. they are being able to tell who they are and what they feel you know mm-hmm. there's so many people we'll never be able to understand that because we don't we have not faced it you know uh, like you will not be able to understand why i'm into another guy and i will not be able to understand what you see, see sexually in a girl you know mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we don't feel that way but yeah. so th- th- in the beginning i was also like oh interesting what is this like there are people who don't there's there's some who wouldn't like to be he, he called he him or she her and then that's where they them also comes you know non binary and there's some people who protest with the idea of gender being a, steer, a, a construct where like why are we putting why are we making gender so important because there's mm-hmm. so much inequalities right and so many stereotypes for different genders so uh, for some it's like i want to be non binary where they them is i'm not he or her i'm they them you can consider they them as one you know where we do not uh put someone uh, categorize someone on the basis of gender and i think that's great because um slowly this whole concept of gendering needs to go mm-hmm. uh it may seem like oh it's only he and her but the division causes a lot of barriers in the world and a lot of inequalities and a lot of complications and um, it's still a evolving yeah, thing there's a long way to go but i think it's a great start and them it's good it's powerful to see more people come out as non binary so i wanted to kind of learn about what gender and sex is what could you explain kind of like the difference between them ha uh, this is at a i feel like i'm being questioned for a uh, <laughs> uh, so i think gender like sex is what you are assigned at birth male female intersex the three if i'm not mistaken and then gender is what you identify with because then there's there's uh, what's it called transgender and cisgender <laughs> not be forgetting cisgender uh, so so uh, and uh, yeah so sex is what you're assigned with because because i wanted to like mm-hmm. uh, i wanted to ask another question like leading up to that where like can a person say that biologically there are only two genders no would, biologically there are three three people don't intersex no the one which is uh, uh, where the organs are not formed it's like semi vagina semi penis yeah, 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 yeah. so biologically there are three um it's just that people don't but give as socially like hmm. you can identify socially. as anything yeah, uh, 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 what are the other genders then there's male female intersex and what else i think yeah those yeah three and the non binary means out of the uh, whole binary of genders yeah, yeah, right yeah oh uh, it is that but also what are the other the, yeah it is that only yeah, yeah. but people don't give attention to intersex and i think that is also coming up with the whole lgbtqia plus the reason that i ask these questions mm. are because a lot of people that who i talk to they don't they're not comfortable asking these questions mm. because they might they might think the other person might get offended right mm. i think that kind of what what's it called restriction uh like that kind of restricts the whole awareness as well because yeah. if you're not talking about it if you're not making it normal people won't know it 
right yeah so like have you had any experience where like people are really uncomfortable about asking you and then you you kind of people, educated them yeah. people do get scared but if they come from a good place where they want to understand yeah and i tell them or if they come from a place where they're just being a dick and like trying to say what is this then i school them uh but there there are some people from the queer community be- who get upset because this is a question they always have to be answer and that's annoying and that their point of view which in many times is my point of view is like go to the google and read up and then if you don't know just say i read this and i don't understand this part and you know there's google has so many things like uh, people are being asked too much anyways but it's okay to ask from my side if someone asks me genuinely i'll i would love to tell them because we still need to educate so many people you know even in tiktok i keep saying the same thing again oh, that this is this this is how it is people still don't get it but i keep saying it because there are newer people watching it every time and it's better to keep making people aware and reminding them normalizing it so i kind of like seeing your tiktok right you your your family is engaged in your tiktok as well right like do you kind of have this mind of like privacy people might approach you approach your family and so you're having your own thing right now has it affected your family privacy no i think they are thankfully very supportive even though they're very private my family is actually very private but they are very supportive towards the work i do and because of that they will feature in my vlog sometimes and they will uh, uh they will feature in my tiktoks and posts but otherwise my family unfortunately is very private and even like when i make content with them they're not like you know they're not like comfortable oh yeah 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 not yeah camera chaki chaina you know i don't care this to chaina they will be more like oh there's a camera and they'll not be someone else but they won't you know to chaina which i wish i had but i appreciate the fact that they are very supportive and privacy ko matter i think they 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 find it sweet and cute like i mean people outside are like oh your parakram's aunt your parakram's grandmother and they're like uh, very like uh, appreciative of it and say oh paru you're doing well and this, this, this they get excited also um like my mom till date gets so excited oh but these people recognize and like mom get over it now <laughs> you know but uh, they've been sweet so how do you like deal with uh, like cuz you're now famous people t- uh, recognize you like how do you deal with uh, people like cuz some for some people it's really insane like even though like they are coming like oh hello hi but it's still kind of insane scary Hmm. at certain like has it gone normal i would say it's normal or are you still like when when you approach when people approach you is still insane i think i thrive on it i oh. was born for this and <laughs> i never knew i could be famous and now that i am famous i love it and i think the only motivation i get is when people come up to me and say hi and they love me and uh, that's like that's when i remember i need to work i need to this love and the thing i need to be reminded all the time and it was something i always wanted to have i think growing up watching films and seeing these stars and like wow this is so fun i never knew i could be it because i never wanted to be an actor or a singer uh, so i think i thrive on it like my someone who i think my grandfather someone told me that you to thrive on it i'm like yeah dude i thrive on it the more the merrier and i think people uh, are not dangerous as such the haters could be dangerous but luckily till now none of my haters haven't come up and said yeah to me i think these haters are all only keyboard haters and they don't have the guts to come thank god because i don't want to deal with it that'll be scary but people are loving they sometimes they'll talk and talk when i'm like on the way on the road 
uh, and I'll sweetly say, Lala, I'm going, hey, you want to take a picture? Thank you, I speak to them and all, and let's take a picture. And thing. And sometimes it could be overbearing, some people can be a little, but it's it's like, it's oh, they, they take time to watch my videos, I mean, it's okay, yeah. you know? So, so like, I, I kind of wanted to also talk about your influencer, I mean, your TikTok journey as well, mm. right? Because uh, a lot of people, when it comes to brands, right? Mm. Um, I also talked this with Alana Didi, right? Mm. She was like, there, the disruption. There's a disruption in the market where people are charging way less, where when they're not supposed to, because mm. we as influencers or we as uh, TikTokers, right, have a lot of that lot of thing to give. Yeah. So like we're charging less. So yeah. any anything you want to say in that? Yeah, I think regards. if you can provide so much value to a brand just by posting it on your social media, you need to charge accordingly. Mm. And I think people don't know any less. And they're being, uh, they're being, uh, what's it called? Used for it. I forget that word. Oops. Yeah. And they're being uh, kind of like uh, used for it. But I think uh, they need to be told that you have, you guys have so much value. Charge your prices uh -huh, uh -huh. or take consultancy like from other content creators. Uh -huh. I think now like <clears throat> people are understanding their value and they have increased their prices. And for some people, it's like they will miss out on a lot if they charge more and not get the offer. They'd rather get a lesser amount and get something, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I understand that. But you guys need to value yourselves. You guys are doing great on social media. Charge mm -hmm. the prices. Because mm -hmm. I think for, for a lot of teenagers, right, they don't know a lot of lot about the industry, right? You might kind of get, you you might kind of have this idea because of you, you worked with influencers mm. in the past, right? Mm. And you know the market a bit, but still these teenagers still are growing, right? Yeah. They don't know a lot of, they don't know what to charge mm. or, or mm. how much they should ask, mm. right? So I think that is creating the disruption where yeah. like certain brands are just like using them. Yeah. See, teenagers were growing, it's you can charge a less amount because you're still growing, but there's some people who are huge and they their views get a lot but they're undercharging then i'm like dude you people are like if you charge that poor thing the new people what will they charge nothing you know you are undercharging yourself and on top of that the other people why would the other people get work who are growing so i think just for the sake of also the growing people to get a chance the people who already have give your charges yeah people will come up to you brands have money if they say they don't have money buy go to someone else yeah you know if you want to work with me you want the quality that we can provide you you have to pay and whatever i charge or anyone charges is dirt cheap but it is what the market is in nepal mm -hmm. the same thing that i charge in nc here yeah. i used to charge icma mm -hmm. when i was in india and in india i was growing by now i would have charged double triple in india you know but here i can't grow i haven't increased my charges at all this is just a base charge which people will not pay more yeah i think people also need to like accept it as a job yeah because you know? a lot of people are like yeah. right but if you do if you ask for it i think they yeah. will you know? yeah and also then you know there's some very big content creators who get views get likes but are not being able to create an impact and that's why they also may not charge much or they the brands don't want to work with them some people may have a smaller following, but they, they are being able to create an impact. That's why so many people are going to micro-influencers because they have a niche who will listen to them, work with them, uh, something about them that they promote, people will buy. And that's why they charge more. So, but sometimes I see people who are like, 
being able to create so much view it's an awareness you have <coughs> to create about a brand people may not buy it but that awareness ko like you have to charge yeah so <clears throat> i always ask uh, like um, the influencers that i speak to right mm-hmm. like uh, have you had any like payment issues with brands <clears throat> so cuz like the pay the artist movement kind yeah, of yeah. solidarity right i have been very lucky and privileged not to have that issue at all and it's surprising mm-hmm. because i also thought yeah nepal ma they'll be late or this somehow payment happens really quickly and fast and uh, india ma mero baru 3 mahina ko in contract hai unse they'll pay you by 3 months and they pay on the third month pachi so that is a long time okay and there i still have to run around but here people are good with payments for me uh, i don't know if they're scared that i'm going to speak out or what it is they see the angry side of me whatever it is it's worked out well and i've never had a problem yeah I, but i think the, the music artists are the ones who have that problem that i see in social media oh, music artists actors uh-huh. actors also deal with it because it's a bigger money bigger chunk i guess we are as a small small small, small amounts so actors even in india they've had problems with payments uh, but uh, have been lucky somehow mm. i don't know touch mm. wood <laughs> so like also i want to talk about like the hate right because the amount of hate that some people have towards the community lgbtqi community yeah. right i think I, i i still don't understand their perspective right because mm. they're so like they'll like you right they'll mm. like your work they'll like your stuff but once you know once they know that you're from that community they will resent you they'll they'll you know mm. you they'll have this other perspective yeah yeah i think that happened with vision also face something like that yeah yeah yeah. yeah when i posted a tiktok right as the person was like i like your you know work as a whole right but when i knew that you were from the lgbtqi community now i stopped liking you and then i was like and it doesn't make sense with what was that person expecting that a vision is going to hook up with them or something and they've lost the opportunity exactly <laughs> what is it that makes you hate them i yeah, just don't yeah. get it from i mean like you know people like us who are accepting and who don't dif- differentiate between people from the lgbtqi community can't understand what they see what is it for them to hate like what have they harmed mm-hmm. i don't understand why do they feel so um, like violated or like triggered or they feel like you know i don't understand you guys are the majority for a reason i don't think ever we will be the majority mm-hmm. no matter what we will always still be a minority group because statistically wise the majority of people are straight you know yeah so what is it that is making you feel violated the same thing goes with women when women are getting more power men get so frightened like and rightfully so they should get frightened because equality is something they don't like um it's weird i don't understand this hate uh, have you uh, have you like kind of any tried to be in their shoes and see why they're hating or is it like no i i don't even bother trying to any the only time i see be in their shoes like maybe they are also from the they also uh, closeted and they have resentment and i know a lot of people who have been so hateful and resentful are the ones who have are found out they also like guys they swing the other way around and then i'm like okay maybe because of that but at the same time i'm like dude in today's time and age yes you may have family who will be not accepting very backwards or old school and will throw you out but like yeah with your own friends and groups i mean open up loosen up yeah there's so much opportunities for people like us now it's not that dangerous and it's not that much hate 
we are it's getting better there still is a long way to go but it's getting better and there is a community of people who will support you you know um it's just i now by now i any homophobic transphobic hate that comes towards me i don't consider them i don't know if it sounds weird but i don't consider them as human i don't see them as someone who could affect me i would be like ye to dusra yeah i would think it's kind of like these are a different kind of b- different breed of people who i don't want to be associated with it's just I, i've seen like you vaping like tell me more about <laughs> it yeah me vaping yeah i think this is the only addiction i've had in my life mm-hmm. um i i've done it all i do i've been there done everything i had fun in life growing up and you know drinking also it's like mm I drink and I drink once a week and if I don't drink once a week I'm not addicted to it and it's not that at home I want to sit and drink and this is with most of the things most of my nashas that I do but this I came to Nepal and I saw people doing it and I was like yum like cigarettes I could never I never could get into it because it made me sick and I, I was like it's not addictive I feel sick this is just like first thing you wake up you want to drink water and after that you want to smoke and before you sleep you want to take a nice puff and then sleep it's it's horrible i need, there will come a time where i'm going to start working on like controlling it is your family okay with you vaping no not really <laughs> like my mom still gets sleepless nights and whenever she sees me she says don't vape don't vape this is bad for you do you know and she'll try to scare me and things like that um, but but i think you are a pretty healthy person right mm. like like you work out i think yeah and i've seen like you're the person who are like fit fit, fit. yeah yeah have you worked <clears throat> on like what was your fitness journey like so my fitness journey was uh, i started i think right when i came to nepal or a little bit before nepal uh, i started with hit training h i i t high intensity interval <laughs> training and because at a point i realized i'm not fit i may not be physically looking unfit where sometimes you know you become obese and that is a definition of being unfit but i could see and feel my body my back aches also my puffiness and uh, i was like i don't feel fit and i'm not doing anything healthy like i'm eating whatever i want to just because i will not put on so much weight doesn't mean i'm fit and uh, you know i'm healthy so that uh, i had that awakening and also a lot of uh, i think i also had a lot of hate within myself of my appearance and i wanted to look better and that also got me into it were you in the skinny side i was in the skinny side but i wasn't looking good i was also putting on weight slowly and mm-hmm. that like unhealthy weight i was gaining slowly and i realized i don't look too good looking this way so are you conscious about you eating stuff i am and and i have phases there've been times where i'll be like very particular count my calories and won't have dinner i'll have my lunch a nutritious lunch and then I'll have an evening snack before and then I start my intermittent fasting now strict and a little harsh on myself because I wanted to look a certain way which is not realistically possible to gain unless you have this kind of thing and I would look at myself skinny abs popping out no fat on my body and my face and be like wow this is amazing and any weight I would gain I would like be a little resentful like yuck and like there would be times I'd see a little bit of a double chin in my shoots and I'd be like yuck and I would be like disgusting and I would see I have bump in my forehead so sometimes when the light is on top of you know I see and I have little textures on my face I'd be like yuck 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 but lately the past 5-6 months I've not been the most fit as in the most healthy I've not been working out as often I work out twice a week I also eat my dinners mm. and 
and the little weight that i've gained right now that you see uh i drank one day i mean i met a friend after so long yesterday and i had a few drinks which i would never do one day before a podcast i would you know be very conscious uh so i have i think at, at this phase of my life i'm more confident of my self image i don't mind a little weight here or there till i groom myself up and look good Mm, which is also great but um, let's see i hope this lasts yeah i think there's a narrative where like being taking care of yourself is considered feminine for a lot of guys right mm. they won't do skin care they won't do the basic stuff right yeah. take a shower like take a shower is for them it's like a you know not nothing like yeah. once a week or <laughs> twice a week you know yeah disgusting so, uh, like have you have you seen like those things on tiktok where like if you do a skin care thing it's it's just for girls right yeah they associate with girls only only feminine people do that which i think is not true because a lot of it's just taking care of yourself like keeping yourself tidy is not feminine yeah 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 and i think that is so convenient that men can get away with that no that i don't have to i don't have to groom myself and i'm still hot but women you need to wax you need to do skincare you need to wear your nail polish you need to get your hair done you need to do makeup and then they'll still be like oh but without all of this you won't look pretty like what the hell it's so convenient but i think if men want to look pretty for long and in this the way the future is going you need to look good and presentable and women also are demanding good looking men who are tidy up and who groom themselves up if uh, being a man you aren't doing that yet you are lagging behind and you won't get any girls <laughs> i don't think like guys even have to do makeup like you know yeah. they can just like have the cleanser they can do their yeah. normal stuff Basic right skincare, sunscreen and moisturizer, moisturizer. daytime sunscreen exactly. rati moisturizer groom yourself do i mean they don't i mean men have to start losing hair for them to start taking care of their hair why don't you do it from in advance <laughs> men have to you know really like the, something bad has to happen for them to start taking care it's too late i think uh, with all the thing information that we have we need to know that we need, if you want to preserve yourself your you know preserve yourself from aging fast um or taking care of your skin you need to do skin care yaar i mean that's such a backward mentality yeah I think I find those people in the comment section in those skincare thing. Mero ma always like okay okay ta okay okay. Are bro, get over it. Like that mindset is not good. If you don't want to take care of your skin it's fine but other people taking care of it like yeah. 9 times out of 10 your famous actor like these famous actor also do makeup for the screen, right? 10 times out of 10. Yeah. Like they they'll be doing something else. They they might need makeup. It's just not out in the public, but they do that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of makeup is not to make you look feminine, but yeah. to make you self look fresh. And yeah. that's the kind of makeup I do. And when I've come on a podcast, I also put a little light makeup, which makes my make myself look slightly better, more fresh. You know. Yeah, yeah. And I feel comfortable doing that. If actors of macho Salman Khan, Shah Rukh Khan, Akshay Kumar is doing it, and just because the actors eh un logo to acha dikhna everyone wants to look good and can yeah. look good and yeah. are they are they any feminine because they're putting that makeup no they're just looking better more presentable so i think this notion of makeup skin care change i think tiktok will help it change because so many people are talking about it and yeah. tiktok is a good way of getting awareness that way like true true so thank you so much for thank from, you thank uh, you for, for being here me. you change a lot of perspectives especially about so. a lot of uh, things that we discussed right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you so much for thank being here thank you for having me it was fun it was very candid and that's why i also came out like this your podcasts are really cool and real you know 